I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Mike, Rashad, and Joe with you here on Sports Sunday. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, fellas. Happy Father's Day to the two of you, actual fathers in the room. Appreciate you, bud. Joe sounds like he's dying. Do you have the COVID, Joe? He's got the black lung pop. It's <laughs> not well ventilated down there. Uh, I hope not. I mean, got the fully vaccinated status. Yeah. So I had to sneak in there while you're doing your update because I forgot my mic floof. And I heard you talking and I was like, I should not be in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should not be in here while you're talking. This is unsafe. Allergies aren't contagious. No, I know. So That's the funny fun. thing about this is none of us have been sick for a year. So everything or, is COVID. Or, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say none of us. Those of us who were lucky enough not to get COVID have not really been sick for an entire year. Right. And now when anyone's even slightly something because of allergies or whatever, it's like, oh, they've got COVID. Yeah. Don't go near me. Whenever yeah. someone has to clear their throat around you, like you're the grocery. <clears throat> they're, they're instantly, you're looking like, what's going on with this guy? It's like, like gunshots no, just went off. Sometime, like, ah. I'm, sometime I'm just clearing my throat. Like sneezing, sneezing happens during the, during the springtime. It happens for a lot of us. I'm one of those people. And I'm so afraid to sneeze in public now. It's one of those things. I know. Like, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This week, I think because of the allergies, maybe because I have the AC running in my bedroom, it's like a, it's it's drying it out. I've had a little bit of a cough every once in a while. And, like, I realize sometimes I'm, like, walking around and I'm like, <coughs> and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Uh-oh. I should be hold, holding this cough in, which is the, the hardest thing to do. Yeah, holding coughs in or, or trying to hold a sneeze. You ever held a sneeze in and, like, yeah. and farted accidentally or something <laughs> like that? Just because, well, no, you know, I haven't done that full fledged. But... Like, oh, no, trying to... You know, one of those little baby. The fart, the fart's not helping you get the pollen out of your nose, though. It's not. It's not. But you're trying so some, hard some to make sort of sure something that you don't escaping. make a big fuss with your sneeze. Because there are some people that are very aggressive sneezers. That's me. You know? Are you one of those? I'm an aggressive, aggressive sneezer. Yeah. Man, you let everybody in the building know that you just sneeze. I can't control it, and I have the problem where like every every other week, maybe every three weeks, if I'm being kind to myself. I'll have a sneeze attack where I sneeze 10 plus times. Yeah, it happens. And all of it's it's very, very frequent for me. And all of that, every single sneeze is awesome and is loud. what it sounds like? Yeah. Um. And then the first couple, it's like it's trying to get something out and it's not getting out. 
So that's why it keeps you keep sneezing. That's why your nose is all tickly. And then finally, like you, you, you go grab the paper towel or the tissues. You're like, you know, it's coming. Finally, you get the the really, really intense one that, that ends it all. And it's like, that was disgusting. What uh, was in me? I'm a compact sneezer. Uh, I'm trying to hold it in. Yeah, I've been doing that over the last year because I feel like if you're like Mike and sneeze all over the damn place, then, yeah, you'll get the looks. You'll get people like, oh, God, get away from me. Now it's all floating everywhere in the air, the particles and stuff. So I'm one of those compact ones. That People are running out of the grocery store like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm not sure that even <laughs> the smaller sneezes don't lead to particles floating in the air. I do that. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's that the one you do? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but see that breathe out, though? That's where all that's coming out. <sighs> that's uh, uh, so relieving. That, yeah. <sighs> I was out at a bar last night, though, and I was sneezing like around and then the person i was with they went to the bathroom and i had one of those sneezing fits where i let off like three or four in a row and i was like looking around making those sure. are the worst <laughs> you just can't stop them as much as you want it just to be over there's there's something keeps coming like those are the worst there's something for me that's weird about it where it's like it doesn't happen quickly it's like a 45 to second to like a minute and a half break between each one and i'm just sitting there because i know it's coming again I know it's about to happen, and I'm sitting there. You have that face on where, like, your mouth is open and your nose is all wriggling, and inside your brain is screaming, like, there's another one. It's coming. It's coming. And it, you're just, like, sitting there, and that just happens to me for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Every minute gap is hell, no, and then finally it goes away. It's. I mean, now I just kind of think it's – I'm not going to say it's funny, but just to watch people's reactions around you, you know, when you when you Ew. do sneeze. or Yeah, seriously. <sighs> People are so offended that you, you could have possibly had an allergy attack right now during this time. Now you want to sneeze all over the place. So, yeah, that's my Karen voice. I don't know if it works very well, but, yeah. It just sounds like your voice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, very well. not, I mean, I guess this is already kind of disgusting, but uh, I wonder if it's related because I've also been told that I am a horrifically loud, like, vomiter. If I'm sick and vomiting, <laughs> I like it's like I'm a demon, <laughs> and I can't control it. It just is pain. You seem like you are a joy to live with, like, just to <laughs> have around all the time, sneezing like, everywhere, sneezing, coughing, <laughs> and vomiting, just incredibly loud. Well, I don't vomit very often. That's like <laughs> I, I vomit like maybe once every three years, but it's just when it happens, it's like you've got the stomach flu or something. <laughs> And I, uh, apparently I just scream at the top of my lungs while it's happening. So maybe I'm just, because of my large size I don't want and my large intestines. <laughs> so I try my very best to be quiet. I don't want anybody to know I'm going through. I can't help it, man. That. It's yeah. not, it, you don't have control in that moment. I mean, the only you control try. you have is please stop this feeling. Yeah, well. Mike's like that, uh. Team don't America. stop believing mike's like that team america scene yep. in, <laughs> in the street just <laughs> projectile just like exploding everywhere <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well how's that for an opening yeah, uh, nice you know sneeze bodily function segment huh right. hey i will say a good sneeze though i mean like i like my compact sneezes because like i like you're saying that breathe out is just oh that felt good that there was, is that, a, that was there a solid is, sneeze. There is something to that, yes. What What is the thing they always say is... <laughs> if you sneeze eight times in a row... It's, it's like an orgasm or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like it. It's like little mini feelings that if you added them all up together would be one orgasm. I was say, have people had orgasms before? Because <laughs> the look on our shots, what, face. That's not what I hear. No, 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 no. It's not like on the eighth one you are having one. It's oh, no, that... Here you were to, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> If yeah, you, if you were to combine... 
the little feeling from each one into one is that's what it would be. That's what I'm. That's my understanding of it. Six, seven. <laughs> here, here comes number eight. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay. I'm, I'm really uncomfortable hope, and laughing. I really at the same hope time. this is playing around the breakfast table right now on Father's Day around the family. <laughs> Uh, we did get this text that came in from our uh, P1 who does the Ask Anything segment. Have you noticed that a beer from an icy cooler always tastes better than a beer from the fridge? I noticed this yesterday when I grabbed an ice cold Modelo and it was so delicious I immediately chugged a second. Woo. Uh, yes, ice cold beer, although I don't have quite as strong of an opinion about it because beer out of the fridge is generally cold enough anyway. But there's a there's a good kind of middle ground of ice cold beer on a hot day when you haven't had anything for a while. Yesterday, I went down to Topwire Hot Project for the first time, which is in Woodburn, which uh, I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's at the Crosby Hop Farms in Woodburn right off the highway. Oh, go there all the time. It's an outdoor (laughs) place to drink beer in the hop farm. Like, you're just surrounded by the hops. It's really pretty. They have like 10 or like eight beers on tap. It was so much fun. And you're out there. It It was like 85 degrees. And the first cold beer, I hadn't eaten that much yet took a f- first sip of the cold beer and it was like oh. and you just said the and you, you just said the main words 85 degrees yep and i think that's the difference between drinking so if you're drinking a beer out of the refrigerator chances are you're probably in the house right mm-hmm. you're watching the game or the tv or a movie whatever the case is uh and you're probably on your couch and you know but if you're breaking out the cooler and you're pulling that beer that ice cold beer out of the cooler that means you're you're outside somewhere more than likely and when it's already 85 degrees like you said you get that beer and it's like oh why didn't I drink this before? Because like, you know I it's mean, in beer water. Exactly. There are tons of that. But you know what else is in beer? Beer. And that part is delicious. And so when you knock one of those down real fast, especially if it's kind of warm outside, you've, you've been floating or fishing or something like that in the warm weather, it's like, yeah, that beer is going to feel great. I'm a big fan of bottled beers for that reason. I feel like beer coming out of a bottle versus like a can is... Well, I think the Way glass better. is colder to the touch sometimes, so that might be a little added benefit. Like, it tricks your brain into thinking that it's even colder. Here's the thing. I'm tempted to, when I have a canned beer, I'm tempted to drink that way faster than I am with the bottle. Really? When I get a bottle of beer, I feel there's something classy about it, and I'm just kind of, you know, hanging out with my, you know, bottle of MGD or something <laughs> like that. But when I have a can, I have this just need to be Stone Cold Steve Austin and just chug one as, as fast as I can, like, for whatever reason. That's interesting. Is that like a college days thing? I don't know. Probably. Like some old habit that you probably. built in college you know, where you you're can't like, be as, you chug, chug, you can't, chug. And you can't be as aggressive with bottles of beer. You know, with cans of beer, you know, I'm, you're, I'm a little more aggressive. I'm, I'm imagining beer. you just shotgunning every How many times have you ever chugged a bottle of beer? Like, you you, I'm sure you have. With it. But, yeah, yeah, I mean. I'm sure you have, but cans of beer, it's, you're more likely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crack those joints open. You know, throw them away, drink like half of them. Most of them go on your face and your shirt. Yeah, yeah that's not that's the point. He said, Stone Cold said, actually, he'd have a nice buzz when he left the ring. Because if you, you get half the beer in your mouth from two beers, that's a whole beer right there that you get in your mouth. And then, man, give me another one. You do that seven, eight times before you go back to the locker room. You, oh, whoa, you got a nice little <laughs> I'm buzz I'm feeling going. good. Yeah. You're out here sweating, so you you don't have any food in you because you're probably ready to go oh, wrestle. So yeah. you're, you're just like, I'm, if, I'm fine, and, man. And you're a pro wrestler, so the, the food you probably got was like he had some pieces of chicken breast, maybe some salad, you know, some not something something very, very light. So, and, yeah. And this texture says shower beer. This is maybe controversial. I've tried shower beer a couple times. I don't really get it. They're pretty great. Only when you're getting ready to go somewhere. Like, I, I've done it. 
and it's like, oh, let's have a shower beer. And I'm just like, As I'm, it's my, why am I drinking a beer in the my, shower? It's with, my pre-funk as I'm getting ready to go. Some, so there's a wedding. Warm shower water a, spraying into the beer. Something that I'm going to. And it's like, all right, man, well, shoot, I'll grab a beer as I'm in the shower and getting dressed and everything. Like, yeah, there's something to that. I wouldn't say just every time you get in the beer, have a, or excuse me, get in the beer, have a shower. Get in the shower, have a beer. <laughs> and every but, time you got in the beer, you would have a shower. Yes. Absolutely, you 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 would you would have to. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm but, there with Rashad. The shower beer is you know pre-event or like post uh, b-ball session, golf yeah, look, round. I've yeah, heard shower. nothing but great things about it from other people. I'm not surprised that you agree with Rashad on this. Just for me, when I've done it, I've been like, okay. There's a beer in the shower. Drinking Zima in the shower. Lynch. Well, it's like, no, feels, it's just like, oh, it's sitting it's sitting well. on the ledge, right, while I'm shampooing my hair. Feels like an obligation. Oh, here's some warm shower water for well, my body spraying it, into the beer. You probably don't want to shampoo your hair that day. You know, that's that's not that's not for the shower. That's not for if I'm taking shower a shower, beer. I'm shampooing. Like, I, what? <laughs> okay, if I'm about well. to go out, like, I got to clean my hair. Well, yeah. Okay, well, that's well, why, you, you know, get in the shower, drink, wash your hair, drink. Body wash, maybe drink. put it on the put it on the outside, oh, just on the like outside, that. so put you, you pull the, it in. Yeah, Am I? Then, I'm just such a novice where everyone's yeah. like, "Duh, Mike, you leave it outside the shower, you moron." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like in here with bath water in my beer. Like, why do why do people like this? Why does it taste weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does this have a soapy residue on it? I, I don't like this at all. All right, we're gonna get to NBA playoffs today. We had a couple of series end since the last time we spoke to you, including. A very good Game 7 yesterday between the Bucks and the Nets. We also have a Game 7 today between the Sixers and the Hawks. And Game 1 today of the Western Conference Finals between the Clippers and the Suns, which seems to have started very quickly, uh, especially because Chris Paul has COVID. So I'm surprised they're starting it already. Uh, so we'll get to all of that, plus uh, more coaching news. Dallas continues to have uh, some issues in the front office with uh, guys leaving the GM was fired, basically. Rick Carlisle stepped down as head coach. So lots of interesting stuff going on in the NBA. We'll get to it all here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The okay, yeah. I was confused. You were like, you were laughing at the song. Well, I was like, I don't know what this like, is. We're running man on that beat. We're running man on that. Beat. Yeah, it's, a, it's corny. You know what I'm saying. Do you know why I played this song? I do not. Knock if you buck. Oh, okay. Very good. Thank you for. I get it. Very Mike, good. Mike still looks clueless. Knock if you buck, Mike. Buck. Like a deer. Oh, like a deer. Hey, there, you go. there it is. My brain there turned on. The light bulb went off. <laughs> I was like, it. wait for it. I was like, is it? I, I thought it was based on our first segment. I was like, is that like a different word for something like sneeze or orgasm? <laughs> like what is happening? It, it is not. No, it is because Milwaukee, the Bucks, game seven victors in overtime over the Nets and are headed to the Eastern Conference Finals. That game yesterday was Incredible. a ton of fun and it's not very common to get a a game seven overtime with a clock running out game tying two to force overtime by the best player in the league. It's very, very rare. You get all of these things at once. And I was just, I'm always like nervous that game sevens are going to come around. And especially in the NBA, it's going to be like a blowout because one team's just gas. And the other team has a couple of more guys with a little extra legs or something. And they win by like 15 this this was everything you would want in a game seven. I hope tonight's game seven gives us a lot of similar things to this, although I'm a little bit nervous because the skill level on the teams is pretty uh, is larger than the game that we watched yesterday. We'll get to Sixers, Hawks in a little bit. But a lot of people apparently are going at Kevin Durant for taking that last shot in OT. And I feel like that's the least fair thing you could do in this situation. Dude had just played, what was it? That's my sunglasses. What was it? It was 53 minutes. He played 50. He played every minute of the game, 53 minutes. And he just was dead. He had no legs. Uh, most of the NBA players I saw react to the shot said, yeah, he, his legs were gone. You know, he tried to get full extension on the shot. Obviously it was an air ball. It was very short bounce out of bounds. Bucks went after a weird kind of long end of like last second of the game. Just don't blame Kevin Durant for that. Katie still had 48 points. You lose two games ago if you're the Nets if Kevin Durant doesn't turn it on and, and score 49. So it's uh, that's not Kevin Durant's fault. Not at all. It was not a bad shot. Kevin Durant could hit that shot. He was just exhausted. Kevin Durant did hit that shot. Earlier in the just, game. Right, just to, to send them into overtime yeah. because that's what he does. You're talking about arguably the, the most unstoppable uh, player in the NBA right now. Like, And there was literally nothing that Brooklyn, or excuse me, that Milwaukee could do. They threw everything at Kevin Durant, and he was still able to to make something happen. Like, I think people are coming down on KD because I, I, it's the easy thing to do. He's KD. It's Kevin Durant. He's people, not likable. People still exactly. People still look at him and say, you know, how could you leave, you know, your team to go to that? That's what the, people are still mad about the whole OKC thing, and. Because of that, like well, he's I think never it's more going than to get that. I know. I, I mean, the fact that he went to uh, the, the Warriors and and won with the Warriors, I think there are people that really resent the fact that KD made the Warriors more unstoppable I, than they already were. I and think that's it's how even, he got his championships. I think it's even more than that. I think Kevin Durant's kind of a bitch, like in in real life, like on social media and stuff that he says. 
people don't like him, not just because of what he did on the court. That's where it started. He's done himself no favors because, you know, give him credit. He doesn't give a rip, right? He just says what he wants to say. He doesn't really have a filter. He's like, this is who I am. You know, you can hate me if you want. But he does say a lot of things that you're like, yeah, okay, I'm, man. And guess what? I'm 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 okay with a lot of it. I'm not. I don't like the burner stuff. I don't like that you have a burner account for this. Like, if you got something to say, then say it. And for for better or worse, like he'll he'll at least say what's on his mind and say how he feels. And he he's in an industry. If you play sports, if you do what we do, you're in an industry to where you're you're going to be judged, and people are going to talk about you, and they're going to say some unflattering things about you quite often. Like, I don't have to sit there and accept all that. Like, if I want to say something back, then I can, and mm-hmm. I probably should. And Kevin Durant is one of those guys. For a long time, for the first seven, eight years of his career, KD was considered the nice guy. You know, just, you know, he's just a professional. You know, he doesn't let things get to him. The he Mama's Boy like, MVP the, award, the, the, the right? Mom, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're the real MVP to my Like, you, that's what he was to a lot of people. And after about 10 years of hearing that, it's been, man, hold on. Who are you talking to? What do you mean? I'm not going to just sit there and let you disrespect me or just let you, like, you want to talk about my game? I'm, I'm I'm weak. I need to work on my jumper. I need to gain weight. Okay, cool. But for KD, it goes a little deeper than that. Like you said, you kind of saying that he's kind of a bitch. I'm like, man, he's kind of being himself. And sometimes, man, that means that I'm, you're not, some of the things I'm saying isn't going to be super likable. So I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't like the fact that he went to Gold State. I thought that was weak. You know, I thought you being as good as you are, you could really go anywhere. But hell, this is, if you want to go play with your boys and win a championship, then I'm never gonna tell you not to do that. I never, I never faulted him for that. Yeah, but so I, I just, I think, I just, still, I just think he's an easy, like almost like Paul George. He's like an easy target because for a long time he's just not gonna, not gonna say nothing. That's I would say, I would say, KD might be outside of LeBron, and you know, LeBron's not even as easy of a target. I think he might be the easiest target in the NBA. Probably, KD. yeah, and maybe Westbrook or something like that. Just somebody that everyone likes, you know, the people don't like and they don't like the personality and they want to pick on them, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's why this this game is coming down to Kevin Durant missing that shot. When in reality, what happened was the Nets got hurt. James Man. Harden played the last two games, well, last three games. And on that was a, the last two, he, he played, he got hurt in the, the third. Uh, well, no, he, he played in five, six and seven. Yeah, but he got hurt in, in five. And so he didn't play for. The whole game, but um, he was playing through a grade two hamstring strain and still had 22 and something last night, you know. Yep. And so he wasn't full strength, though. And then Kyrie Irving missed the last few games of the series. That's what happened to the Nets. It's not Kevin Durant's fault for missing that shot. KD is the only reason the Nets forced a game seven because the the Nets should have won the series if they were fully healthy. They would have won the series if they were fully healthy. They're the better team. I mean, they were the NBA finals favorites for a reason, but. It's just the injuries. And uh, honestly, Joe Harris stopped being able to shoot the three for a while, which was very strange considering he was one of the best all season at it and then just decided, you know what? I'm not going to help. I'm not going to do anything. There was that shot in overtime yesterday where he he got the kick out on the wide open three. And I was like, well, that's Joe Harris. It's going to go in. And he just, it was way yeah, off. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, to to all those guys' credit, like, you know, KD, 53 minutes, Griffin, 40 minutes, Joe Harris, 47 minutes, you know, Brown played 52 minutes. Like, all those guys, they went, they didn't go very deep into their bench. You know, Mike James, to a lot of, you know, people chagrin here in Portland, didn't get to play, didn't see the floor at all last night. So, you know, there's only a couple people that played less than, like, 15 minutes. But outside of that, like, their main stars played the entire game. Joe Harris was gassed. Like, I think he was just... 
by the time he got to the fourth quarter, like you said, everybody, and then the overtime, everybody's legs were just shot. How often do you see Kevin Durant airball a jump shot, a turnaround jumper? You don't. Nope. That's not what he does. He's going to at least hit back rim, front rim, whatever the case is. Airball? Nah. That's when you don't have any legs on you. There was that clip that you that the, they kind of put that little montage together of how tired everybody was. You see Giannis bending over and just, you know, sweating buckets. And you see KD just on the bench just trying to get his head together. Like, these guys were trying to win a basketball game. And I don't think there's – in my head, there's no losers. Clearly, there is a loser, you know, in, in this game. But, man, that wasn't Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant's thing, man. This This dude played lights out for seven games. I think only one game had less than 30. And outside of that was was a maestro every single night. So. Joe Joe Harris this season, by the way, uh, I didn't know exactly what number it was. He shot 47.5% from three. 47.5%. Are you serious? You know, like... And in the playoffs, or in this series, he shot 31%. So he... It's not his fault either. I'm just saying it, it's, it's a lot of things went into the Nets failing to win here at the end of this series. He went ice cold when he's been their best shooter all year. You had injuries. It just you get tired. That's just what happens. And that's just right? kind of the the story of the playoffs. You know, that's that's really it's been a big year of injuries. The healthiest team wins. You know, you see the Lakers, they didn't have uh really a healthy, you know, A D. Lakers go down. You know, you see but we'll see what happens with Phoenix now that Chris Paul is not going to play because of the COVID protocols. Well, they're like, playing a team that also lost Kawhi Leonard. You know, so who still was able to win their series even without Kawhi. See, Joel Embiid right now is dealing with with some injuries. You he's know, playing on a torn meniscus, and and so he's not really a hundred percent at this point. You just mentioned all the stars from Brooklyn. Donovan Mitchell was hobbling around and everything. Mike Conley like, barely played. Mike Conley, like so, like the, the healthiest team. Is, the is Bucks. going to win, and right now it's the Bucks and and the I, Hawks. I, and honestly, I think people don't give Chris Middleton enough credit. Well, I think all the credit goes to Giannis because Giannis is the star. But there's some of those shots that Chris Middleton makes. It's like, yeah, you're not in this game if he's not knocking those down. Well, let's yeah, let's get to the Bucks next segment. Um, I was I'm I'm Giannis is a very interesting case Ugh. of a player who is amazing, but has such a glaring flaw that I was always curious if a player like that was ever going to be able to advance far in the playoffs without just an incredible supporting cast. And we found out yesterday that even though the supporting cast hasn't been the best for him, it did just enough while he dominated to win that game. So we'll get to the Bucks next for Show of Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 936 here on your Sunday morning. Sorry, I jumped over the start of the song. <laughs> Rashad's loving these today. Hey, man, this is um, I love this record. So, the Milwaukee Bucks. I like. I, I don't want to like talk because you're you're really vibing <laughs> to the song right now. It's a great record. I don't, you're, this one I get in the car. So you're like you're like mouthing it with, over the there with the, yeah. the lyrics, and I'm like, I just bring that back later in the segment. Sport, sports segment, <laughs> or are we just gonna sing the song? What are we doing here? Yeah, let's just ride this out for the next four or five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have like what five minutes left in the segment, so just play the song. Um, okay. Do we? Hmm. Mm. Technically, like, yeah, six, but really ten. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, no. I will break oh, on time. I, 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 <laughs> uh, so the Bucks won 115-111 in overtime yesterday against the Nets. And I was I was thinking about this earlier in the series because the Bucks were down. About Giannis's ability to be good enough by himself to take this team to the next level. You know, two-time MVP winner, defensive player of the year, all that kind of stuff. You know, we know Giannis is amazing. But his one huge flaw is he can't shoot at all. Not from three, not from fadeaway, and barely from the free throw line either. Although the last few games, he was much better from the free throw line. And I, I was sitting here looking at the team, and I know this year, it, it felt a lot like the Blazers, right? Like, we have one star that we're trying to build a team around, Right. You got your secondary player in Chris Middleton. You've got your number one guy in Giannis, and everybody else wasn't good enough before. They might get Drew Holiday, and you're trying to build the correct team. You, you, you get PJ Tucker in the middle of the season. You know, you're trying to get guys that'll be helpful, right? And what's interesting is that Drew Holiday in the last two games was dreadful. He couldn't hit a shot to save his life. But what happened was Chris Middleton stepped into potentially star territory in this series, if he can keep playing like this, we viewed him as second fiddle. We viewed him as the Blazers CJ McCollum situation, right? If you want to keep creating that parallel. And what happened was something that CJ never really did is Chris Middleton went, Giannis can't shoot. Don't worry. I'm going to score 30 plus points, multiple games in this series and just dominate. And I think part of it's like Chris Middleton's kind of unassuming, right? He's kind of a goofy looking dude. He doesn't really look like a basketball player, to be honest with you. And he just is out there dropping buckets. And it's one of those things where if you have one star player, you either need to pair him up with other stars or hope that one of the guys that you drafted also turns into a star. And maybe it's a little bit too soon or overboard to say Chris Middleton might be entering that territory. But at least in this series, I would argue he was the best player on the floor. Giannis had some great games, but Chris Middleton, I think, won them this series. Chris Middleton... I think has been super underrated for what he's been for this Milwaukee team. You look at the fact that he only puts up, only puts up 20 points a game, but he gives you six, uh, six rebounds and almost five and a half, five and a half uh, assists in the game, man, when he's going, it's hard to beat them. Like in the, in the couple games that he didn't play well in, uh, he scored 13 and 17, obviously they lost, but when he puts up those numbers, you're not very few teams are beating Milwaukee, especially considering the way they play defense. The one thing that they're the one reason Milwaukee is so tough is because they play 
hard-nosed, in-your-face defense all the time. They're they're pressing you up the court, you know, if they need to. You know, they're making sure they're throwing two and three different looks on you. They're making sure that when you're coming off those screens, you're going to feel it a little bit. So they're a team that, that they really know how to play defense. And everybody's – the thing about playing defense, and I said this last week, like it doesn't matter if you get a good defensive coach. You got to have the guys to do it. And if you can't do it and if you feel like defense isn't like really what you do – then you're not going to be a great defensive team. Milwaukee is filled with guys that men have no problem playing hard defense. And so I think that's the reason they've been so good. But Chris Middleton has really been, when it comes to the last second shot, we know it's not going to Giannis. Yeah. yeah and you see why. <laughs> or when it does, you he see, fumbles the ball and or, drops it. Or, and, or did you and see the why he win. had the last second shot and it went off the side of the, 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 the shot clock? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, he's really unreliable in those end-of-game situations. Giannis is still the type of guy that the crowd – can really affect what he does on the floor. He's at the free throw line, and you can tell in his face, like, he, he's going to miss this free throw. He's, he looks super, super uncomfortable. Remember when George Hill got fouled in the finals against uh, when he played for Cleveland and uh, they, uh, for the Warriors in his game one? And, like, he gets fouled, and he has this look on his face like, I gotta make two free throws for us. That's how Giannis looks every time he's at the line. I don't remember that. That is a very specific a, memory no, you it have. Was, no, it was a, it was a, it was a meme that went around of George Hill's face and just how how sad and how like really nervous that he was. That's what Giannis looks like every single time he pulls he pulls up to the line. It's like, man, this could be bad today. And you don't want your MVP slash superstar slash you know potential potentially one of the most athletic players we've ever seen in the league to get to the line and be unsure of himself. The interesting thing about the Bucks' makeup is you're right. They're all defenders, right? You already know Drew Holiday is one of the better point guard defenders. We've seen that against right. Damian Lillard many times. Giannis is insane. Chris Middleton's a good defender. He's long. You brought in PJ Tucker. He's been known always to be a great defender. Uh, you've got uh, Brooke Lopez as your center. He's a good defender. They had a pretty short rotation too. So, I mean, but your starting five is good on defense. But when you look at the team, you don't get excited about them offensively. Right. It's like a give or take because and this is where we can tie it back into the Blazers too. like we're saying. I want this. I think a lot of Blazer fans want this is you want the Blazers to be a much better defensive team, right? Yes. You want the Blazers to not be ranked 29th, 25th, 21st, whatever. Right. You want them to be top 15 defense, if not top 10 defense. But there's a give and take of a bunch of guys who are great offensive players are generally not great defensive players. It, you know, if there's only a few of them in the league. Yeah, it's very rare to get the best of both worlds. You know, your, your three and D guy that you got, Robert Covington, is good at defense and good at shooting the three, but inconsistent at both, frankly. Right. Robert Covington's a great off ball defender on the ball. Eh, a little inconsistent. Right. So that's who you brought in. And it's like, that's what is most of the NBA. And. That's why I, I never really ever trusted the Bucks because, you, yes, defense wins championships, right? And you need to play great defense, but you need somebody who's going to score the ball. And that's where I think Chris Middleton maybe is the guy who's who's stepping up in that moment to be, I'll be the guy who scores the ball. I can get you 40. Giannis can get you 40. He did in game seven. I can get you 42. Yeah. But- so if Giannis isn't dominating or if they're double teaming Giannis, give me the ball. Yeah, but also I think it's important that, you know, we don't forget about, you know, it's important on any championship team to have a first guy, you know, your, your number one scorer, a number two scorer that's going to give you about 20 to 22, 23 a game, and then a guy that's going to give you 15, 16, 17 every game. 
Like, you need those three tiers if you're going to be able to be a competitive team. And that's what Drew Holiday is. Drew Holiday is at three, and he often gets forgotten about. But Drew Holiday, if you're a Blazer fan, you remember how impactful he can be on the offensive end. He and just on wasn't the defensive in this series, really. No, but he, he, he wasn't, but he was last night when they needed him to be. And so... I think he's one of those guys that man. Once once he's gone, and Shot, Holiday, he was five of twenty three. Well, this is he where he made big shots when it when it counted. Like towards the down the end of the stretch, you can yeah. say whatever you want to. Like towards the end of the game, he made big shots when it counted to keep them in it. So yes, he was putrid through most of the game. But when they needed him to to come through in the end, Drew Holiday was there. That, that's where I wanted to jump in. Is kind of like what you were saying about Chris Middleton, and it goes for Drew Holiday too. Is like. We saw Chris. We see Chris Middleton do what we want CJ to do in this town and step up and make those shots. There it is. Although, yeah, looking at the box score, I think he finished like nine of twenty six or something like that. I mean, in this game, he did, yeah, yeah. But down the stretch and in the fourth quarter, four of seven, he had eleven points in the fourth quarter. Drew Holiday again, he shot putrid all night. Fourth quarter came around, he had like eight straight by himself. He hit two big threes and was three of five in the fourth quarter. So again, when you need a shot, need a bucket. You don't really want it in Giannis's hands down late. Sure, he can take it to the rack, and again, he got 40 last night. But then if he gets fouled, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> exactly, right. So, I mean, having those two guys step up is, like, so vital for them. Has there Outside of Shaq, has there ever been a superstar that when they're on the line, you're like, oh, here we go? Russell Westbrook. But even with Westbrook, I'm not like, yeah, he's definitely going to chip both of these. I know he's he's a... Even still, I know he's ben a bad Simmons. free throw shooter. Ben Simmons. I'm, I mean, he's not a, I don't know I'm if he's a superstar. superstar like, but, I mean, yeah. Super Shaq is really the only other person in history. I'm like, this could be bad. But when Giannis goes to the line, I'm like, this is going to be. He airballed a free throw. He yeah. airballed two. I, he's been called for 10 second violations. Like, yeah. How do you do that? Like, who, I don't who understand. Who are you? <laughs> who know. are you, you people? Have, you have James Harden losing his S, waiting for him to shoot the free throw. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't think. I thought part of that was a distraction tactic, too, to be honest with you. Where he was like just flailing his arms, like come on, like trying what? to put the pressure on. It worked. Yeah. If that's what happened, man, take take note, uh, Atlanta or Philly. This is how you get in the miss free throws. And, and Mike, just to add one more thing to your whole Bucks offensive rotation and not not really scaring you. Last night, their rotation outside of their starting five, Pat Connaughton was the only one that got yeah, over yeah. twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah, Blazer he, legend Pat Connaughton. He got twenty three minutes. Bryn Forbes barely played. They threw Thanasis in there a few times. But other than that, their starting five all played like forty plus minutes. Well what's crazy is if th- this this shows you the insanity of the NBA playoffs sometimes, especially this year. There was a game against the Heat where Bryn Forbes just hit everything, right? It was game two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was game two. He started the game six for six from three in the first half. And you're like, what? Isn't that the guy who was barely playing in San Antonio? And then he does, he like barely plays in this series against the Nets. It's, it's crazy. And then you have in the Clippers game in game seven, Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. 30, what? There 39 points. Man. There goes Terrence Mann. <laughs> I don't, I, that's like the funny thing about the playoffs, especially this year with the injuries is, Sometimes you just get the random dude who's just like, you know what? This is my night. This is my game. Every It happens every year. Because without every Terrence Mann, the Clippers are not winning that game. Listen, man, we saw Austin Rivers with four straight threes. You know, Against the Blazers, yeah. Terrence Mann. Uh, uh, I think there was somebody in, I want to say, one of the Utah games that, man, uh, came up uh, big for like, it, it's been, it happens all over the playoffs every single year. And remember Troy Hudson for Minnesota? Nope. Yeah, most people don't either. But he had one game for the for the Timberwolves the uh, year KG got MVP that helped them go to the conference finals. Like, 
You know what I mean? It happens all the time. Booby Gibson has a game to where he has some, a game winner and stuff. Like it just it's just one of those things. Who is Terrence May? I don't even know who that is. Scored 39 points. 15 of 21 shooting. 7 of 10 from 3. Coming back from a 25-point deficit to knock the Jazz out. Man, we'll get to that series a little bit uh, a little bit later. But I mentioned Ben Simmons, and this will be the one Blazer segment we do today. There's really not much new Blazer news. Um, you know, they had some interviews, guys, people that we thought they were interviewing, Chauncey Billups, Mike D'Antoni, Becky Hammond. So we'll see what happens there. There's There's other openings that we'll talk about as well. But... The Ben Simmons discussion skyrocketed this week in Blazer Town here on Blazer Twitter. Curious your guys' thoughts on him as a player and, and if the Blazers should trade for him or try to. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter and medela is your reward medela the mark of a fighter drink responsibly beer imported by crown import chicago illinois hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Hey, what's happening, homie? This is the woke flies, man. Hey, Payne, I want you to tell about your shorty, homie. And I'm going to tell him about mine, dog. Even though I'm not too many, I'm a girl, I'm going to call you my Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Text line already blown up with uh, hot Ben Simmons takes, but uh, we'll get to that in a second because we got to share our hot Ben Simmons takes first. And Joe is in his bag right now with uh, his plies. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the discussion this week on Blazer Twitter and on some national uh, stuff that I saw was wouldn't Ben Simmons to Portland make a lot of sense with the idea of trading CJ to Philly a team that desperately needs a shot creator, somebody who can uh, get their own shot, uh, and other guys who can shoot the three outside of Seth Curry. And the Blazers desperately need a defensive big guard who is also great at getting to the rim. Right. Now, I saw some people say, do the CJ for Simmons trade straight up. There's no way that's happening. That's that the, the Sixers do not view CJ in the same way that they view Ben Simmons. You would need to give up more. From what I saw uh, from a Danny Morang tweet, his guess at what the value would be in that kind of a trade would be CJ, Nasir Little, and like two or three firsts for Ben Simmons. So unless something crazy happens and the Sixers have a different valuation of CJ, it's not going to be a straight-up trade. So if that's what you're hoping for, erase that out of your mind. You're going to have to give up a decent amount of stuff to get a guy like Ben Simmons. However, I think that personally, I think that trade would do wonders for this team uh, because, yes, you will lose some of the shot creation CJ brings you, 
but you would gain so much of what you're missing in literally one guy who can guard multiple positions, who if you do bring back Norman Powell, you can slide him over to a different spot on the floor because he's not going to shoot that well anyway or at all. So he can really play wherever and just drive the basket and play defense. And honestly, outside of the fact that he doesn't shoot free throws well, I don't see much of a negative bringing Ben Simmons in because what you need is a guy who is that kind of player. That's what you need on this team. You know, there are other guys that you could do it for sure that maybe are better shooters, but Ben Simmons is a really good player. I think Ben Simmons gets such a bad rap because he doesn't shoot threes and he's been obviously really terrible at the free throw line in these playoffs, but Ben Simmons is an incredible player. It, it don't, don't let his, his flaws. It's the same kind of thing as Giannis, right? Don't let those flaws make you think of Giannis as not a superstar level player. Don't make Ben Simmons flaws make you think Ben Simmons is not an incredible player. And I I think that would be fine. I would I would do that trade. If it was Simmons for CJ Little and a couple of first round picks, I would do that trade. I'm also in in this point mentally where the Blazers have to do something in the next few years with Damian Lillard's prime. So Maybe you do a trade that you don't get the best value on because you're trying to bring somebody in who would help Damian Lillard get a further step into the playoffs and maybe get a chance to try to compete for a finals run. Um, you got to take some swinges. You got to be able to go out there and, and make some risky moves to try to bring some of those players in. So that's kind of also where I come from too, because I think a lot of the times I would look at that and go, that's a lot to give up for one player. You have a good scorer in CJ. You've got first round picks. You've got Nasir Little who has shown a lot of flashes of being capable in the NBA. That's a big risk, but I think at this point I'm done waiting and I just want to see the Blazers do some big swing moves to try to give Damian Lillard what he needs. Well, first off, I hate to burst a lot of Blazer fans' bubbles, but um, you said Philly doesn't view CJ like that. I think there's a lot of teams that don't really view CJ as yeah. like an, an asset like that, somebody that can help a team out, but not somebody that's ever going to be – you got to build a team around. Now, I do think of all the teams out there, Philly would need someone like CJ the CJ, most. I, I was gonna—that was the next thing I was gonna Sorry. say. I yeah. think for for Philadelphia, what they what they lack right now is shooting. So they have uh, and I think shot Shake creation Milton, and shot creation. So right now you have Seth and you have Shake Milton. I think CJ is better than Seth. I think CJ is better than than Shake Milton at this point, and he's gonna come in give you instant buckets, which is what Ben Simmons couldn't give give for you. If you're the Blazers. On the other side, you can you can let Ben Simmons bring the ball up the floor, and all of a sudden now you can create additional shots for Damian Lillard. We forget Ben Simmons is a big that plays point guard. You know he is a sick. He's Magic Johnson. He is a what six foot eleven NBA point guard. You know six foot six ten. You know right around there. And he gives you flexibility if you bring two smaller guards on. You can move them around. Well, right? you have the, one of the biggest issues with the Blazers has always been being able to uh, have a perimeter. Um, a perimeter defender, somebody that can match up with the the Paul Georges, the LeBrons, the James Hardens of the NBA, Kevin Durant. Now, mind you, are they going to shut them down? No, there's no shutting those guys down. But there's a difference between making sure they get 25 or making sure they go off for 55 because we know they can do both. So if you have a guy like Ben Simmons, man, instantly that takes that pressure off of Dane, making sure he doesn't have to guard because typically it's point guards and wing players. Those are the two biggest mismatches for the Blazers defensively because there's nothing you can do about those. Nurkic does a pretty good job guarding mm-hmm. bigs unless you're Jokic or unless you're MB. There's nothing. Well, he even did well guys. on Jokic too. And even with Jokic, like he, I mean, when he was in the game, you know, he did well. 
But I think Ben Simmons uh, addresses a lot of needs that the Blazers don't have. Uh, uh, somebody who can be an, a playmaker uh, and then somebody who can be an all on-ball and perimeter defender. Those are two things the Blazers don't have. I'm not so much worried about his scoring because he can still give you 17 a game. He said his career averages are 15, 16, 16, and this year he had 14, which is his career low. Career low and, and assist as well. So I'm not – this year was kind of a wash for Ben Simmons, for me, and he was still second in defensive player of the year voting. Mm-hmm. So there, that's enough. That's what you don't have right there. Somebody that can be even in the voting for defensive player. Well, and that's the thing is when the Blazers have put Dame off the ball with CJ bringing it up the floor, CJ is not, he's not bad at it. He's not good at running the floor. Whereas if you do that with Ben Simmons, you're going to get a lot of great passes. You're going to get a lot of different looks that I, and you're going to also be able to get Ben Simmons to bully his way to the basket by himself. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's just kind of, I feel like it fits, but text line, not loving this in the same way. Uh, this text says, I heard Simmons talk to Portland on national media and I screamed, please, God, no. Simmons for CJ is not an upgrade. I think it, it I think it's an upgrade for the upgrade. Blazers. Is CJ a better score? Obviously. I think this would be an upgrade for both teams, right? Because the both teams need what these players have. CJ is certainly a great scorer that can get you the 20 plus points a game that you want. But the Blazers can get that from other avenues. They don't have anyone like Ben Simmons. So that's kind of where I think that's where you got to change your mindset a little bit is you need somebody like that. And we continue to think that CJ scoring is enough. And Clearly we've seen it's not. over and over again that it's not. Like here's a guy in Ben Simmons that gives you seven rebounds a game, maybe eight in, in past years. And can give you eight assists a game, which can be anywhere from and he can get you triple doubles, sixteen to yeah. you know twenty four points, you know, right there. So it's like, man, I think people really, really need to understand like what you're getting. CJ doesn't give you anything else. He doesn't give you rebounds. He doesn't give you assists. He doesn't give you steals. He doesn't give you blocks. His his stat line is his points. It's it, it flatlines after the points, and so you need to have a person that can give you different looks. Like we don't need twenty from Ben Simmons every night because hopefully you still have a Norman Powell and hopefully um, you still have Damian Lillard moving forward. This text says, I'd be interested in a trade for Ben Simmons just to try something different, understanding that there's a real risk it might blow up. Why not put Simmons at forward? He can play more aggressive, close to the basket, and then with his defense, that might allow us to trade Nurk. I don't think the Blazers are trading Nurk. Um, so, you know, they might. Everything's on the table, I think, this offseason, but I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, that's kind of what I mean where you can rotate him. Like you can, if you've got a, if you got Simons and Dame out there, put Simmons at the three or four, right? Move Covington to the four and put Simmons at the three. Simmons could guard those those power forwards that you have trouble guarding, right? Ben Simmons at six foot ten, he can guard one through five. Yeah, that's so, why he was up for Defensive Player of the Year. Like he can guard point guard through center. Like you need a guy that's versatile like that. This text says Ben Simmons is a younger, more athletic, and better Draymond Green. Yeah, I mean basically. Yes. Who doesn't need a Draymond Green on their team? Well, there's also been talk that the Blazers might want to get Draymond Green this offseason. Here's the thing about Draymond. Draymond's had games. He had zero points and 15 rebounds and 12 assists. Yep. You know, like, I mean, three blocks. Like, I will take a guy that's given me all those because you don't have to score points. Like, point, scoring points is super important. I'm not going to say that it's not, but this game is about so much more than just getting buckets. You know, if, if the game was all about getting buckets, CJ would be a five-time All-Star mm -hmm. at this point. But clearly it's not. So we need, and I say we because I am a Blazer fan, man, we need somebody that can be as versatile as Ben Simmons. Of all the trades of everything that I've heard, and Carl, get Carl Anthony Towns. Ben Simmons is the one guy that makes sense.
Dame, Powell, Rocco, Ben Simmons, and Nurk with the ability to rotate different positions, that is that's an exciting looking team, right? That is that like a perfect realistic scenario for the Blazers? I think so. It, like, it, it, I guess that's another another question. Is Ben Simmons realistic? I know it was being talked about. I know that he's, you know, some people are like, oh, I'll go get Kawhi Leonard. That's not realistic. Is Ben Simmons realistic? I think it might be. I think it's very so realistic. So if Norm Powell wants to come back, you get Ben Simmons, you've got Rocco still, and you've got Nurk and Dame, that's a really good starting five with a lot better defense because now you've got four of those five are good defenders. Norman Powell is a good defender. Nurkic is a great defender. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is a great defender. Rocco is a good to great defender. And Dame is average. So that would be that would instantly change the vibe of this team, which I think is kind of what's needed at this point. Oh, I got nothing. I thought you meant going to me as in going to break because oh. we're over. <laughs> I thought you guys I thought you wanted to say something, Joe. Sorry. No, you must have seen all my break motions in the window there and thought I was wanted that to say what that something. was? Yeah. Oh, break. Okay. Break. Oh, okay. Sorry. That, that, that's a swag move there. I yeah, the ah, break, break, break. <laughs> okay. Uh Coming back next hour, if you got any more text on this, let us know, 503-250-1080. But I want to get to the other game seven of the day today, which is Sixers-Hawks, speaking of Ben Simmons. We'll have Hater Love it at 1030 and uh, more NBA. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.